0: Episode 215 Radio Impound Podcast. July 9th, 2020, 714 PM. Again, it's live, so we gotta behave. Keep it minivan friendly, as I like to say. That's fine. <laughs> What's going on, Jason?
1: We're here at work, just uh finishing up a good day, uh, another good day at the office. And, you know, just getting new new products, trying to get new products out and um, see what's going on with the race events. You know, which ones we're going to be able to run in, which ones we're going to be able to race in, which ones we're not. So, uh, yeah, working.
0: Did uh, Allison, um, last night we were recording or we giving away all the names of the tires. Did Allison come down on you today for
1: that? Oh, she did, yeah. Yeah. She's like, don't give away any more of our (laughs) names. Just kidding.
0: But no. I see that live just went live up there. So I don't know if if it missed the first 30. Anyway, this is episode 215. As you can see from the scrolling ticker below. If you have a question, drop them in the comments. And we'll flash them up on the screen. If you have anything football related, that'd be good for me. Video game, wrestling. Jason's here for all the RC.
1: Yeah. So what? uh, I don't. I don't want to start on wrestling. I was going to bring up something about wrestling, but we won't do that first. All right. Um, Because I listen to some of those wrestling podcasts too, and I watch. uh, I listen to them on YouTube, you know, during the day, and uh, it's actually a lot of fun uh, listening to that stuff. You know, it gets there. There's an era window that I kind of know what's going on from the '80s and the early '90s because that's you know when I watched. But, um, yeah, that was a, that was a fun, it's fun to listen to some of that stuff and behind, you know, like you talk about Jim, Jim Cornette. Yeah. Um, listening to him, he's funny and,
0: uh. Bruce Pritchard is your favorite, Pritchard. right? I like Bruce. Something yeah. to wrestle with? Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, Bischoff, we were listening to Bischoff's for a while.
0: 83 weeks?
1: Yep. It's good stuff too.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll get off that. But I'll, Yeah. (laughs) Though uh, there is a pay per view this weekend, but we'll talk about about that later on. So
1: (laughs) somebody will ask about that.
0: Yeah, somebody, somebody. I made,
1: I made, made a little. I got my little agenda here. Sorry, it's
0: it's it's uh, doing the whole green screen effect again.
1: Yeah. But yeah, we had a lot happen in the last couple weeks, so I kind of I made a couple notes. You know, we had to. uh, We ended up having to cancel our ins race which is was going to be a hobby action in arizona and you know we had larry on the show uh we were talking about how we were going to do the race and everything was looking good and looking up and we had a good um a good plan there a uh, split schedule and then their government kind of changed some of their guidelines yeah but, in arizona yeah and you know me and larry and i talked and we just kind of decided that you know, it probably just wouldn't wasn't gonna work. So, and and, I, and he did, he wanted to be safe, and, and I and I agree it was a it was a good idea. Um, and you know, he's like, "We'll race another day," and he's right. So, uh, it was unfortunate. I was, thought we had you know we had a good plan kind of going, and we were gonna uh, try it with this alternate schedule, kind of a split split schedule.
0: Um, yeah, that was gonna be. I, I was interested in see how that worked.
1: Yeah, we had the had the boys uh, uh, going to be ready out there and racing, rocking and rolling. So, uh, but yeah, now what's funny is they, uh, the boys, uh, Mayfield, Spencer, and uh, Jackson, and the and the guys that uh, you know race with us, they they headed out to California uh, this weekend for the. JBRL they're going to have at Thunder Alley and Thunder Alley is just such a cool track in California. This is for eight scale JBRL eight scale. So they're heading out for that. Um, So they're there now they're set up. Spencer's dad's already sending me photos. Um, Let's check them out here. Um, I don't know what I'm going to do with. I got four more pictures of Spencer, (laughs) but, uh, The dads are proud, aren't they? Yeah. The dads are proud. So yeah, disappointing that we had to cancel our race. It would have been this weekend actually. And so they're heading out to the JBRL instead, running some eight scale and uh, it's actually should be good. They're going to run the track dry there. Uh, At least that's what they're saying. So it's hot. Um, (laughs) So it's, it's hot at the JBRL. So, and they're going to run the track dry. So, they were, the video should be awesome because the guys are going to be hauling, hauling butt on that track. Uh, usually when they run a track dry in California and they can kind of sweep it or blow it off and it's got a groove, man, they, they get down on that surface.
0: Charlie Max says, I hope we can still run the E-Nats.
1: Yeah, that was one that they kind of postponed there at Flowwood. Yeah, I was looking forward to coming back going back to Flowwood because we haven't been there since one of our last clash races was there it was probably it was either 2012 or 2013 I think was our last time we went or I went to Flowwood, Dave Duncan was there several other times. Maybe Paul went once for one of their electric events or one of their July events, but yeah, looking forward to getting back over there to Flowood, Mississippi.
0: And uh, Justin, don't get me started on that. Blue stones. I'm going to go nuts. I'll I'll just die laughing the whole time again. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That was a good one.
0: Yeah. eh. Hope it does come true though.
1: (laughs) So we had a couple of events that I wrote down here that have happened since our last podcast, which one of them was the off-road shootout, which what this is, is Jimmy Babcock for many years had the hot rod hobbies. We used to call it the hot rod shootout. He changed his name a couple times to like off-road shootout and hot rod off-road shootout and short course spectacular. He threw all kinds of names on it, (laughs) but, uh, but it was really the hot rod shootout and he just stopped, uh, they stopped getting a good turnout for the race. There was a time where they would get 400 plus there. And, and it was this was in Saugus, California is where the race was uh, at his outdoor track. And the guys loved that race. They loved the hot rod shootout. And as indoor racing just started getting more and more popular for some reason, uh, the turnout was deteriorating. There was some events around it which was causing maybe a little bit, but I mean, the guys that were still going, that were running our race, were still trying to do the shootout too. So, but what he decided to do is change the date a little bit. And then he went indoors with the shootout. So last year was the first one. They ran a Bakersfield at rain man's uh, track, in Bakersfield, California. And last year, first one indoors. And then this year they ran it indoors. And, uh, Yocomo, uh, really had a great race there. I know Joe pillars talked that he, he really was kind of wanting to get the, a lot of the team guys from that general area over to the shootout in Bakersfield. And, and they did a good job. Mayfield ended up, uh, TQing and winning two wheel and four wheel. Those are the classes he ran. And, uh, Brock Champlin did really good, um, for associated and for us, um, yeah, uh, and then uh, Cavalleri did well in four-wheel. I think he got second in four-wheel. Ron Duvall did really well also running the associated stuff. Uh, Cav was running his S-Works stuff. And uh, so he did good in four-wheel with his S-Works, so two-wheel. Uh, I, I think he got maybe fourth, fourth or fifth, which was <coughs> too bad. But as four-wheel was running good, uh, a lot of people were kind of curious about that, how that's been going. And um, uh, Brock was really fast individual lap time-wise. He was, you know, as quick as Mayfield, I think, in the lap times, pretty close. But uh, Ryan just a little more, I think, driving main event savvy, finishing off those qualifiers and main events with no crashes. So he won, I think, in two straight mains. Didn't have to go to a third main, so... He was pretty happy about the trip. Hey, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> so the off-road shootout. And then we had uh, uh, Matt Gonzalez won. Uh, Matthew, he won one of the classes. I want to say he won 17.5 two-wheel. I think Joe Pillars won uh 13.5 truck and 13.5 four-wheel, I think. And uh, another driver of ours Won the stock truck 17.5 class. Um, So we had a really good race there, and so did Yokomo. A lot of results. And, uh, yeah, I was watching that online a little bit, watching the scoring during that weekend. That was really neat. Have you seen my TLR8XT? No? I haven't. I guess you'll have to put up a photo. Uh-oh.
0: Oh. Did I order a dr 10 team car?
1: Yeah, that's one of the new things that's uh, associated release today. I was just thinking yesterday, I was just like, man, is anybody on the AE social media page? Like, this thing's been pretty dry, nothing going on. And huh. uh, all of a sudden today, boom, dr 10 which is the drag car now as a kit form. Oh, okay. Uh, so they've actually had two different RTRs that come out, one with an orange body, one with a green body. We did an unboxing on the orange body one. It was pretty fun. And then I never did one of those unboxing videos before, and that's actually it's a little nerve wracking in a way because once you cut the tape of the box, you're you know, you can't do it again. So it's right. like, Yeah. And then yeah. you're worried that there might be something wrong you know, when you're working on it or it's
0: too much pressure uh,
1: actually, it, but it went well, it was a lot of anxiety build up there. Mm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, today they came out with the kit version. So now you can essentially get, you know, the, the car and it doesn't come with all the electronics. So you can use your own electronics, a little more of a racer kit. Wow. That's what Paul's alluding to. So yeah, the off road shootout, to-
0: so do I need to order it out or is that just going to be sent to me?
1: You might have to. Uh, we got Sean Ireland coming on the show and he's the guy that you should ask. Oh, all right. That hey. would be the guy to ask. Okay. he He's your guy there. And um, look at this. Eduardo Rossi coming in. Thanks. Class
0: act in the hobby. What about me? What about me?
1: I, maybe it's just understood.
0: In the in the podcasting industry. I'm a class act.
1: Yep. That would be correct. Uh, so then Paul and I went to.
0: Oh, man. Well, you're getting compliments left and right here.
1: He's a god. So, you're a god. <laughs> a god, not the god. What movie was that? Was that uh, Ghostbusters? Bill Murray said that.
0: Uh, I think you're right.
1: God, so I haven't Paul seen that movie to,
0: since it came out.
1: Oh, it's it's. Great. I, I
0: should revisit that.
1: It's a great movie. Paul and I went to the Force Race, which is Florida's ser- uh, state-level series for eight-scale buggy racing. Had the race up at Southside in a Lake City, so Paul and I cruised up there. We didn't do any racing ourselves. We just kind of wanted to set up and just kind of get away to the track and hang out with the guys and watch some racing. And, uh, we were watching the weather. We were watching, um, <laughs> the heat index, <laughs> and we're, you know, it was like, okay, it's time for a drink run. Okay. It's time. Uh, uh let's go check into the hotel. Now let's you know, get the AC running. Cause it, it was brutally hot out there. So, yeah, so we did it went out there, the Force Race, and uh, Lake City, that's the track where they had the Roar Nationals a couple, I guess, maybe two years ago. Wait, where was this at? South Side Raceway, which is in Lake City, Florida. Oh, okay. It's, it, it's in a park. It's, it's very, like, Tampa Lake Park-esque in a way, I guess. But I like it. I like going there, and... They hadn't raced in f- four months. Oh, they, hadn't raced in f- they hadn't raced in four months at that track. So it took Lance McDonald, put in a lot of work, uh, along with some of their track crew there, getting it ready to run. And it's it's hard to get started and motivated in this time of the year. And I think um, everyone, <clears throat> everybody was a little... A little feisty at first, I think, but uh, when when the race settled in and um, the track got uh, groomed up even more, uh, it turned out to be a good race, and it started raining at the end of the second round of qualifying, and so Paul and I, we kind of packed our stuff up, and uh, Lee Setzer, and Julian Olivares, and, uh, they kind of, uh, they stayed around, ran the mains, uh, Lee Setzer ended up winning both nitro buggy and, uh, e-buggy, the pro classes. Uh, we had a lot of success there and Julian was really kind of owning the nitro main. He was really running a fantastic race, probably should have won and, just had a problem at a, like a ghost flame out in eight scale. He just, sometimes he never can explain it and he flamed out. Lee went to the lead and I think Julian got back to third, but yeah, it was disappointing for him, but a, you know, good win for Lee and then E buggy, I think went down in, in, in Lee's favor uh, also. So uh, he's been doing a lot of winning in Florida. Um, you know, I think over the years, You know, in this area, um, there's been a lot of really good racers uh, that, you know, that have won a lot of races. And, you know, you think of, like, J.R. Mitch and then Paul Wynn, myself, uh, Damon Borkowitz when he was running a lot, he was starting to win uh, quite a bit. You know, Billy Easton lives here, but, you know, he's not really from here, but... When he races, he's always one of the fastest guys. Um, and you know, now uh, we got Lee and Julian, who uh, they're they're really uh, they're really starting to take over, uh, you know, in this area. And they're becoming really tough to beat in ten scale and in eight scale. Uh, and they're also the right age. I want to say they're twenty. Nineteen twenty. Uh, I don't like him already. I'm becoming that bitter <laughs> old man. Stay off my lawn. What is it? Something like that? Yeah. And, uh, yeah.
0: Get off my yard. Uh, I see these Julian, young kids. I'm getting uh, all mad at them.
1: Julian, uh, <laughs> to be honest, I can't remember what tire he was on in the main. Maybe he ran Stalkers. He might have ran Stalkers. I know Lee ran Cosmos in the main. I know that. Paul
0: Wynn saying Green Stalkers.
1: So there you go. Yeah. yeah. So I thought he ran Stalkers and then Lee ran the Cosmos.
0: Which is good. And, and Zachary, we'll get to that question.
1: So, yeah, we've been kind of bumping around. We've been doing a lot of Florida racing between the Super Cups, uh, the four series. The guys up in Georgia have had some killer races on the SOS. They got a series. there called SOS. They had a fantastic turnout a couple weeks ago. So I enjoyed it. I thought, I thought it was a good race and, you know, just to, to really have that many people out there. Uh, Paul and I were talking about it. We're like, you know, there, everyone's always talking about getting more people involved in RC and doing this and that. And, and where I'm out there looking at everybody racing and I'm thinking, you know, I'm really happy with all the people that we have that do it and are committed to it because you have to be so committed to go out there. I mean, you're in Florida in the summer in July. And <laughs> brutal. It is brutal out there. <laughs> it's like, it's so brutal and guys are just loving it. You know, they, they can't wait to get on the track. They can't wait to race and you have to be hardcore. You have to be a diehard to really have that much commitment.
0: And a little bit of crazy
1: yeah then you got to be a little bit crazy and and those are our guys and uh not everybody's prepared to do that not every everyone you know they might you know watch a video on youtube and think it's cool or whatever but you put them out there with the equipment in the middle of the summer in florida and say hey you know we're having fun they're probably like i don't know and You get, But you got to be dedicated and you got to love the cars and, and the wrenching. And then the people, you got to kind of get involved with the people. And there's a little bit of fun that goes on with that. Seeing, seeing guys and. Uh, so it's a good race.
0: <clears throat>
1: the force. We'll check that off the list.
0: Yeah, we got some random questions in here. Also, I'll put those up a little bit later.
1: And then, uh, um, Sunday, uh, that, that Sunday after the force race, uh, we went up, Allison and I went up and visited the, the RCDRL drag racing, which is, uh, one of the leagues, uh, RCDRL it's called in there had their very first Florida race at Don Garlett's drag racing museum in Ocala and, uh, AJ raced out there along with Dustin Spallone and many other guys that we know from off-road or on-road racing. And it's actually really cool when I you know, I went out there. And at first, you're kind of like, do I know some of these people? And then you're, you start seeing people you recognize that raced before. I had a guy say, hey, I, I raced with you at Gore uh, back in the 90s in Orlando. Wow. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. And I know as soon as Paul got out there, he came out there uh, and <clears> – <throat> Paul gets out there and everybody knows him from an on-road race or an off-road race. And so you see these, we, we have a lot of RC guys over the years and they kind of grab it, you know, they, everybody, you know, you shift in your priorities or your, what you think you, it's fun at the time. And they're like, you know, at some time they're running off-road. Sometimes they're running on-road, then they're, they're drag racing, then they're racing oval or dirt oval. And um, so you start to see similar people, and But the drag race was good. They had 80, I want to say it was 82 entries for the drag race. I'm mm. uh, writing that down, down. 82 entries for the very first RC DRL out there at Garlitz Museum. So I thought that was good. They had many classes that I was like uh, blown away at the speed. They had Top Fuel. They had Funny Car. Uh, pro, something. <laughs> um, you're still learning all the drag. Yeah, uh, it's tough. Yeah, classes. it's it's tough because I mean I've seen them all, but uh, <clears> you know we're obviously we're following the street eliminator trend, but you know we're out there supporting that. But you start to see these other ones and right away. You're just like, man, this one's cool too. So, you know what? The more I go to this stuff, whether it's Third oval, whether it's monster trucks, drag racing, you could kind of, you can kind of fall in love with any of these classes. And AJ's kind of had that happen a little bit. You know, he raced a little oval, he kind of fell in love with that. Uh, then it's all of a sudden he's drag racing, he's loving that. So it's like, these guys are just raceaholics. So it's like, you give them a car and you just tell them what to do with it. And they're like, I love this pro stock. Yeah. Um, and then they had a Street Eliminator class, but then they also had, I think, Pro Street, and he can confirm, but on the RCDLR, DRL, they had Pro Street, which is the one AJ raced in. It was cool. Um, so it took him a while to adjust to the track, and you know what's different about some of these? this <laughs> finishing my third drag car. <laughs> um, yeah, what's cool about some of this is... The, the, the pro stock classes and like the top fuel, they run foam tires. So they're like truing, a, you know, that's like full, like old school, like,
0: yeah, I mean, people tire truer it. out.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The tire truer, you shave them down. They get these big tires that look like this, you know, uh, you know, they're like this big, but, uh, and then they true them down to what they need. and, then they goop them up, and they got um, they run those things. And it's there's no like I noticed with those cars. There's no like I'm gonna take, feel this thing out on the on the starting line and roll into the throttle and see if it hooks up and goes. They just bury the trigger, and if it doesn't hook up, it's a disaster. <laughs> and if wow. it hooks up, it's amazing. So and because you can't like the guys the one of the guys in the I think the top fuel or the drag. He did um, 110 miles an hour on one of his passes, and the pro stock guys, I mean, um, uh, Mike Ray, who's from Ocala, he was doing 102, 105 miles an hour with his pro stock. And when you're doing that in 132 feet, Jeez. Um, you don't just ease into the throttle at the line. Like, you just bury it, and the thing turn, takes off like a missile. <laughs> And you just hope it's going straight. <laughs> like for the it's, best. It's not. Oh yeah. It's not <laughs> like you're sitting there and I'm like, Oh, these guys are coming up. I'm going to get in behind the cars. I'm yeah. not getting on the other side of the track. Like I'm getting behind where the drivers are.
0: Right. Yeah. Um,
1: like when I did the videos, I was like, when AJ and them ran, I'm like, Oh, I'll just, I'll film this from anywhere. I'm not scared of the street. Eliminators. <laughs> um, which is because they are, they're kind of big and bulky and it's like, they're not super fast. And, uh, but those cars, uh, um, especially the top fuel. Like it's, it looks like you're racing like a sword, you know, like, because it's so long <laughs> and it's just, you know, it's shaped like this in the front. It looks like you put one of those, you know, um, one of those big swords down and it just takes off and,
0: uh, it goes right through somebody.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, it's seriously, they're fast. It's, it's impressive. Hm. So they gave Don Garlis an award For allowing him to have a race and a race series out there. So that was um, pretty neat. I guess he came out. He lives there. Um, Guy's 80. What is he? 82 years old. I think they said. And that's his museum property. And he's right now. He's trying to attempt a record for an electric drag. Like uh, an electric dragster. Yeah, there it is 132 feet in 1.2 seconds. Um yeah, so so Don Garlis is a t- attempting a a record right now for an electric real drag car and he had to go they were telling us that he had to go back up to Gainesville where they have the Gator Nationals and reapply for his drag racing license. So wow. Um, 82 years old, he had to go make a pass and I want to say he went like 150 or 160 with his electric dragster and he got his license again. (laughs) Wow. So uh, talk about guys that have no fear, right? Yeah, absolutely. Over the years, it's just like, uh, once you just get, I guess you get used to doing something, uh, becomes normal to you. And no matter what age, uh, you feel good about doing it. So yeah, Don Garlet's RCDRL, <laughs> Chop it up. Right.
0: I'll mark that down. Corey, I got uh, people messaging me with names, so I'll put that to the list. Chop it up. Not bad, Corey. It's a lot. So, hey, it's better than some of them that I got, but thanks for sending them in. though. I appreciate it. We got to come up with a name as
1: good as uh, Bluestone. <laughs> So just to recap on our entries here, we had, we had a hundred, I want to say it was 160 ish entries at that off-road shootout there in Bakersfield at the force race, the one Paul and I went to, there was 150 entries out there, uh, which was good. Um, So the racing is out there, even though we're kind of, we're kind of dodging this pandemic stuff a little and, uh, we're going in and out of, you either have to wear a mask or you, or you don't. Um,
0: uh, <laughs> Good one, John. <laughs> He's right. <and clears throat> oh, man. This is a little it's different locked. going live. Uh
1: I'm getting locked up over here.
0: Yeah, that and uh, normally when we're recording, we, we'll, we'll stop, take a break, go do something, come back. We got to go straight through. Yeah
1: hammer you get, through it
0: and get disruptions All
1: right. so a um, couple other things I was going to mention because I when you were going through what we talked about on the last podcast I was like well I mentioned some products on there so I was like well I might as well do that now we got uh, we released the aluminum ride height gate or I'm sorry the camber gauge uh, the RM squared which is the the Mayfield brand that we have yeah. a lot of people think it's, think it's RM2 but it's actually RM squared because it's stands for Ryan Mayfield Momentum. Gotcha. Is actually what the name is because when I was working on this, my idea was when I watch him drive and I watch him race, um, that's how I kind of – I feel like he's always has this insane amount of momentum going. And it's like um, whether he's on the line of the track, off the line, he's just always keeping up the momentum. So anyway – Ryan Mayfield momentum this uh, aluminum camber gauge and we made it longer because uh, the one we sell the J Concepts one is really made for 10 scale it's kind of it's kind of like this you know and it has this arm on it and we made the the 8 scale one taller so we, so you can use it for 8 scale so it was kind of cool mm. and we made it red made it anodized red which somebody commented somewhere uh, Matt Francis red which
0: yeah that's uh, what I thought of right away when I saw it.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, because uh, when Matt had some Trinity parts back in the day, his were red. Ken Walter blue. Yeah, you mean when I was delivering those, and he was like, "What are, the, what, are what are these? What is this?"
0: Yeah, put them on your car. Don't ask questions.
1: <laughs> 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 yeah, there was a time that was a big thing that happened. So you said so. that. So
0: so it's momentum.
1: Right? Yeah, Ryan may feel momentum,
0: violence, speed, momentum.
1: Hmm.
0: That's Dr. Disrespect. But oh, really? Yeah. We, yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know anything about that. I, it's funny, though, I that he has to...
0: momentum in it, and you also think momentum. Mayfield, I mean, yeah. if we, we could have used that, it would have been great for, for Mayfield. Violence, speed, momentum. We can't do it, though. Okay. Anyway.
1: So the other thing we really said, that's that regulator chassis kit for the uh, Claw Buster and the steering kit. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, we kind of put a lot of work into that during, um, you know, pandemic times and we kind of went overboard with uh, some of the things we did because we felt like, you know, we want to make a nice kit box, we want to make nice instructions, we wanted to have, uh, we want to fully model the vehicle into the computer. and just did a lot of extras that we had time because I was in town, no races going on. Uh, we kind of were able to take things to a little additional level. Uh, so that was fun. Got that out and, um, kind of a fun project and it's working well. So who
0: came up with the name? I think I did. Okay.
1: That was my name. Sometimes I come up with these names while I'm typing it into Excel. I'll give it a part number. And then I get to the next line where you have to have a name and then I start <laughs> typing something oh. because I'm like, well, I need a placeholder here. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh, not too bad. That might okay. stick. I do
0: like the box uh, for the regulator. Looks good.
1: Thanks. Yeah, we, we worked on that. Um, one of our guys, Morris, who was working hard on that graphic design and um, uh, we thought we messed it up one time. That was a bummer. Uh, we thought we made the box too small at one point.
0: Mm.
1: And uh, so, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a lot of little things you can get into with this that you don't really realize. And, uh, you know, you, you make a cool truck and then make the box too small to fit. So, uh, But it it ended up working out, but it was funny. Um, you know, you're making sure all this other stuff is perfect, and then you're like, wait a second, does this fit in the box? And you're like, oh, okay. Dope. Uh, People asking us about releasing stuff for TLR cars. Oh, there's my pen. (laughs) You got, uh, we released some new turnbuckles for them the fin style turnbuckles, which we've had for a while for a lot of cars over the years. But uh, these are the uh, titanium, the colored black, look super trick. They're the 3.5 millimeter which is what the the TLR cars are. So we got the 22 X four covered, which is a new four wheel regulators mount up. See, there you go.
0: Justin. Hey, Justin, Jubert, watch this. You ready? (laughs) Jubert?
1: Bill's mafia.
0: (laughs) I like the bills mafia. I want to get up there one time and go through a table
1: for the 22 5.0. We got the turnbuckles for it. Um, then we got a B6, T6, and SC6 servo horn. People have been asking of those for a while. Aluminum, pretty cool. Trick, chamfered, highlighted. Trick. Speed Shop t-shirt. Um, we had this, uh, Morris designed this thing a long time ago. Speed Shop, he was pushing this Speed Shop shirt on me, and I was just like, you know, I don't know, I don't know. And uh, finally we got into drag racing, and one day Allison's like, do you think we should have a t-shirt for some drag racing stuff? And I'm like, I have the perfect, we have the perfect shirt for this, Yeah. the speed shop. So we got our speed shop shirt and uh, now that's out there and we'll check that off the list. So that's our, uh, that's my sales pitch at the moment. We don't really do a lot of sales pitches, but that was one.
0: Uh, here's a question for you, Jason.
1: Mm-hmm. Is a GNX body made to just drop right on on an SC chassis with stock SC-spec arms? Uh, It's very close. That body's almost, I want to say it's right close to 12 inches wide. So it's close. We actually haven't done that though. We've only put it on the buggy arm cars. But we made it a little wider on purpose so that people could run a wider car if they wanted. Uh, It's something that we really uh, need to make sure on that body that it fits the longer arms. But if you put drag racing wheels and tires on it with the longer arms, I believe that it does drop right on there. This is kind of a back and forth thing because when we started making these bodies, we made them to a width that we thought was going to be the right width, which was a the buggy length arms so we made our first couple bodies to that width then people were like hey i don't want it to be that narrow because i want to run it wide i want to i don't want to have to change my suspension to run it wide so then we started making them wider and then people are like why did you make it so wide Mm. we're like well it's because it fits the car with the longer arms and they're like so um what we're in is we're in a, a time period where The class is just, it's, it's so uh, volatile in what's going on. Like, you know, every week there's some guy with a new graphite kit car on the internet and then there's, um, you know, running different arms. So then there's the associated car now that's out that goes with the buggy with arms. And I think what we're going to see is gravitating more towards that with car because, that's going to become the standard, I think. But the the, the thing there's – there's two different sides to this whole thing. There's the guys that are the diehard racers that are going to build a purpose-built drag car. And then there's the guys that are bashers that want to do some drag racing. They're going to take what they have and try to just put wheels and tires and a body on it and have a drag car. So those are the guys that have the wide cars. And then the guys that have the little more specific vehicles are – the ones with the buggy stuff. So, and then you, it's like, you can't leave out either, either side because then one is mad over the other. So that's why this transition or this, um, what's going on is so critical to watch and pay attention because it's rapidly changing. And then who's the next car that's going to come out now associated is, as we talked about earlier, they're, they they third genera. Well, third generation, Release into the drag cars. They had the <clears throat> the orange one, the green one, and then they've got this kit now. So they're three in, uh, and there's no, there hasn't been a comp- competitor yet that has a full car out of the box like this, at that price point. So we're waiting to see is Traxxas going to jump in it? They have all the equipment to do it, of course. And then Losi could jump in it if they wanted to. Uh, there's others that have race platforms, the X-rays, the serpents, all these guys have f- buggies, trucks, short courses that they can convert to these cars. So I predict by the end of the year, almost all these companies will have them. At least two of them will have good ones. And so, yeah, that's right. The the decals are, are on speed shop or, or on a lot of the decal sheets that's where it kind of started seltzer
0: seltzer break guys i can't take those long breaks like we you know be like hey be right mm-hmm. back come back 15 minutes later pick up recording again what's that seltzer it's, my, <laughs> it's
1: just regular water <laughs> no. but it goes see-through yeah pretty awesome so what's next? Well, we got any questions here? Yeah, we got one here
0: from Zachary for you.
1: Okay, if the answer doesn't take from <laughs> here, so could you could you briefly explain diff oil tuning? You would want a diff full of fluid as opposed to any other situations. Uh, you you want to fill it to what the recommended factory instructions say to fill it i believe they say when you build the diff and you set the gears in there you you know you kind of you a lot of people say they dry build these diffs first to see that they're functioning correctly and then you put fluid in there to the recommended height and you always want to fill the diff up whatever the recommended height is you fill it up and if you want to change how the diff feels, then you change the viscosity of the fluid. So, you know, whether you run 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, or you run 200,000, you always want to keep it the same amount of fluid. You just want to change the viscosity. So um, so that's that. It doesn't even take the rest of the show. That was yeah. an easy one.
0: Yeah, I was prepared for a long one.
1: <clears throat> mm. some guy will come in and be like, let's talk about sponsorships. Oh, oh, no. gosh, here we go. Episode 216.
0: <laughs> uh, John Bolton think Traxxas will release re-release the funny car and drag tree.
1: I don't think so. I don't think they'll re-release the funny car. I think what they'll do is I think they'll make this um, street eliminator. And I think that they'll probably come back. I don't know about the drag tree. They might. They might re-release it. It would be a good idea. I mean, that's what you know. we had, like, one or two of them here. Traxxas actually gave them to us for one of our events a long time ago and um, gave one of them to AJ. He's been using it to Tune, so it's been really helpful. Uh, I also see, and this is going to happen, there's people out there that are making their own stuff. I see guys making the PVC things everywhere and they got like, you know, they're going to start, se- people are going to start selling timing stuff. Yeah. Uh, but you know, there's nothing like it all being, um, working alongside of your phone or an application that you can check all these stats. Uh, So So. Paul's saying that you can with the touring car guys they actually change the amount that's in the diff. So the touring car guys are just nuts though. (laughs) They are. They're never happy with the performance of the car, I've noticed. That's where all these that's where all the over that's where all the tuning and the overtuning starts is in touring car. Um the all the adjustments that they're getting in, in on-road and in touring car, you might as well write down whatever the adjustments are now because it's coming off-road. At some point, it'll be oh an boy. off-road adjustment. Oh, man. Because over the years, uh, the things that people talk about now in off-road is stuff that they talked about in on-road 10 years ago. So uh, it's coming. mm My lap's timing, I don't know exactly how they would do uh, drag racing, but maybe they do. I mean, maybe that's the system. Uh, What Fred has, because when he ran the monster truck events, he has a Race America timing tree uh, that gives you all the stats. So you can set up the timing tree and, you know, it gives you the pro tree, you know, where the lights come down. And so you, with his system, you get reaction time and, uh, you know, your actual time mile per hour too, I think. So he has the ability to get all that with the race America software, which I was under the impression that's what they used in drag racing. I'm sure it's a lot more techie now, but, um, that's, uh, Fred has that system and, uh, yeah, like tire warmers. I mean, that has been out. When was those Trinity ones? Gotti, the Trinity Nine, tire warmers 99 i believe yeah so so it's a so we we had them a couple years ago so about 17 18 years so anything you've seen in touring car will be coming to dirt eventually took a lot of, took a lot of heat for that the tire warmers yeah it seems like no matter no when you intended. release them heat yeah uh-huh. get that heat um <laughs> uh, I still haven't used tire warmers. I don't think I've used them on my off-road car yet. I think I used I use them on my on-road car. I think I even had the Trinity ones.
0: Oh, they did. You Guys, So you guys aren't, uh, I guess, depends on the weather and stuff too, right? Certainly in the winter. Indoors, well, I don't know. When are you using them?
1: <laughs> well, off-road, they've been using them indoors. Let me just put it this way. Is Mayfield using them? He has used them before.
0: Is he using them now? Is Spencer using them?
1: Spencer uses them.
0: Okay, well then you got to use them. That's all. I, I would just look and see what those guys are doing, and if they're doing it, then you use them. Simple as that, right?
1: They, they of, of course, course they have them, and but um, they have they have used them, but not every time.
0: Right. When do you use them?
1: They were using them uh, at some of the indoor race events where you're running slicks you never run them with treads i don't think they've never used them with treads but when you transition to either low tread or slick tires indoors is usually when they're using them yeah so people do
0: how much knowledge is that danny is it a lot of knowledge that you have there
1: What did Danny put a picture up that uh, maybe it was the body he got? I I did the had the like, and then I, I put a gif in there too. I was, I was feeling excited. I put a gif in there.
0: I use them when the first guy gets them out. It's like the honor system. He's right. (laughs) There you go. I don't know. I just you know, if those guys are using them, you got to have them in your toolbox then.
1: You know what? Those ones that Much More makes are really nice, too, for off-road. I, I've never had any. I haven't had any. Um, But well, if I've got them, i get those Much More ones. They're really cool. Though. It has a power supply, and you can adjust. They're cool. All
0: right. Uh, John Bolton and Mid- Midwest Mod Bodies coming, building an oval car. Not
1: yet. That'll definitely be one of the last ones because it's a big... Um, that thing is just that's a big monster of a project having all those panels and part body, part panels Jimmy Simmons
0: any new carpet off-road tires coming?
1: mm-hmm yeah always there's always something coming next but yeah especially for carpet there's no time frame still gonna be a little while but it's coming ugh
0: Rob, Rob. Sturgill good friend of the show will you be developing the ghost Pin as the other company dud
1: I don't really know why that needs to be done to be honest um, you know we had our bro codes tire which was a broken in somewhat broken in tire it wasn't a ghost Pin, but it was broken in already and Oh, this was a while ago, but what I don't understand is if you're going to have a ghost. Um, well, this has been done twice already. But um, if you're going to have a ghost pin tire, I don't understand really why you'd need it because within like within like a run and a half, it's going to be slick in the middle anyway. So. I don't really, I don't really get it to be honest. I mean, I can see having it. You know, you could basically take ellipses and cut two thirds of the tread off or more, and just have this ghost thing. But I, I don't really understand, um, really, what what the what the deal with that is. I mean, I, I mean, maybe maybe it's something that we have to have. But I feel like when you take our tires now, the ellipse, and you run them a little bit. And you break them in, they become what you want. So I don't really know why. Um, even if you have a brand new tire that's a ghost pin, I don't really know why you're still going to run it and break it in and drive it. So all we're talking about the differences is, is a couple runs on the track. I don't. I haven't really seen. I haven't really seen something. Um, haven't really seen something like that. Yeah, the, I mean, Paul said the bar flies were kind of a ghost pin. I mean, those things were—I uh, want to say they were—if we did it in inches, they were. I think the the our our. Uh, I don't know if you can see this. That was that was the height of the of the uh, the bar flies point oh two two five that's pretty much a ghost pin you know what and there was ghost pins made in 1999 too um back in the day um i was involved in that and we made there were some ghost pins back then and it didn't work then um guys still took taper pins was the hot tire back then and they would break them in and run them so i don't know it's i'm i don't know if 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 we're gonna need that if we do i mean it's easy enough to do <clears throat> all it costs is money
0: uh justin doyle says guys complain about buying tires and sanding them down to be fast now they're gonna buy a ghost pin that they're still paying for but don't last
1: yeah i mean justin is you know that's that's exactly what he's saying I think that the last few things we've talked about is the reason why 10 scale off road racing, the growth has been stunted, is because we've gotten back to running. Uh, we went through a cycle, and because we started running slicks in the late 90s, we started running slicks, and it killed 10 scale buggy racing. Then we kind of got racing, kind of got back going again, the B4 generation and all that type of stuff. We started racing more dirt again and tires were. um, And now we're getting closer and closer. I'd say almost every race we ran, I mean, this is another thing is almost every race we ran last year, we ran slicks on 10 scale. Even the races I ran, we were running slicks. And I think that it's just. I think it hurts the class. I think if we could figure out a way somehow to make the tracks or the dirt where you didn't run that, I think it would be more attractive. But I I think that these, um, you know, Justin's kind of doing something right now. He's actually, he's actually getting out of 10 scale and running eight scale, probably more because of location of tracks being, more eight, eight scale for him, but now he's getting back into running treaded tires again in eight scale. And now he's um, experiencing this a little bit differently. Whereas in ten scale, I noticed, you know, when I, you know, we, we were at similar races, you're running almost no tread or slicks and, uh, and now he's running eight scale. He's seeing that, you know, these different treads and how the compounds affect things. And, um, I just seem to think that every time in 10 scale off road that we start to get to where we're almost running no tread and running slicks, the entries to me always seem to decline. Uh, it seems like w- if we could, if we had more 10 scale friendly backyard, 10 scale tracks in those type of tires and conditions, I think the 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 turnouts would be better. Um, I think the cycle in racing is coming back to eight scale right now because of most of the ten scale racing is done with slicks. If you and um, and carpet is a whole another animal, um, but yeah, it's it's tough. But I think that's just my general opinion. Yeah, I mean, he's saying that the off-road tire game, yeah, and, and it is. And the more that people know about it, the worse, the worse it is. Carpet, carpet is easy as long as you don't, as long as you're not saucing. If they could keep tire sauce out of carpet off-road racing, I think, I think it would help. But that's starting to creep <clears throat> in, too.
0: Uh Justin Doyle uh, used to hate eight scale so bad. Now that I'm doing it. Totally understand why people like it. Outdoors, no prep, camping atmosphere, and racing's a lot
1: of fun. Yeah, we're seeing that a lot. So you know, really, all you really would do is you. There's all these tracks they built for eight scale. If you had ten scale tracks that you built smaller and essentially ran a similar condition, I think people would start getting back out to doing it. Um, they just they're getting ran off with a new car every year and um, tires with no tread. That's, I don't know. That's just my opinion.
0: Danny Mac says, remember my phone, phone gate days.
1: I don't really remember that. Do you remember that?
0: I don't remember. I, I just remember the flake gate, spy gate.
1: (laughs) Water gate, you know, and this is where things get interesting because, um, I think <laughs> the, the, the surface thing is so hard because go back to the old days. Well, it's easy to say the old days and say, oh, I liked racing on loamy dirt. But then when you do it and everyone's cars get really, really dirty, <laughs> they don't like that either. So it's like, you know, Paul talks about this was mm-hmm. several years ago, but there's a track we like to go into called Shiverville. And they decided that one race they were going to run it wet and loamy, which they would usually run it. Um, they would usually run it dirty, but it would be smooth. And there wasn't like a lot of like loam on the cars. Well, anyway, they intentionally started watering this track and, um, the guys were really upset that how dirty their cars got. So they, they didn't really realize that part until they started running and they were like, Oh man, now we gotta worry about all this. So, um,
0: Danny Mac got banned. You Patriots fan, Danny?
1: Foam gate. <laughs> That's what's hard about off-road racing—is the surface. I think what's good for turning, what's good for race turnouts, is a little different than what's good for big races. Big races is good to have a consistent track, have good traction, and you just want to know that when you get out there. Um, when, when, you get out there, you want to know that you're on the same equal track conditions as the other guy. That's the problem with outdoor dirt racing is, um, the, the conditions of the track vary so much eight scale, they get away with it more than they do in ten scale. And that's where, um, in eight scale, they get away with, I just say, they get away with murder out there. They can do anything to these tracks and they get bumpier, they get looser, they get Um, high traction, and they seem to, they can make it through rounds of qualifying with people not getting too ornery about the unfair level of track here and there intense scale. If the track is good, I mean, it, it changes between qualifiers in Florida. If you're racing outside, we'll like, we'll race Coral Springs this weekend. And Mm -hmm. I mean, depending on the weather, how good it is, if you're out there running and the sun comes out, your, your tracks faster. Then when the, when, then, when the sun goes behind the clouds. So, um, that's what people, and that can happen between qualifiers and the track gets better the longer you run. So there, there's a whole, there's a whole host of things that happen in 10 scale racing that, that are difficult running on, on these surfaces. But if we, that's why a consistent a little grippier track works better for big races outdoors because you can keep that consistent factor a little more into a window. When you, when you like try to just, um, let the track start off one way and gradually move to another, there's huge swings in the speed of the track and that we're not talking about like if, if we ran a race in Coral Springs and we're using, I'm using that as an example, cause we're going there. <clears throat> if you run the morning qualifier in round one, And you TQ that round and the sun is out, the weather's getting better and they run by the second round. You're, it can be a lap difference between what you ran in the first round and what you run in the second round. The track is a lap faster. So you can see in that time span, how much the track is changing. And by the time you get a whole nother round of qualifying through your first round time, um, is not nowhere near good enough. It's a lap difference. And, uh, you know, I tell the story sometimes, and this is going back to in the nineties, but I was running the winter champs back then and the track got fast. And before the fastest round of qualifying, I was fifth qualifier in two wheel mod. Well, in the fast round of qualifying, I popped off a ball cup and I was in the uh, E main. So I went from being fifth qualifier and I broke in the fast round of qualifying. I went to the E main. That's how much difference the track was mm. in speed. So, you say uh, uh, P main? E E. Okay. I didn't drop all the way to the P.
0: <laughs> Billy says eight scales are beast. Can run them anywhere. Ten scale tends to be way more sensitive.
1: Yeah, and I mean that's. I mean it's right. That's ex- that's why people like it because you can be an animal with it. You can. Uh, drive over pipes you can drive over other cars you can you know drive in the, in the loose stuff you can drive off of bad jumps and they're four-wheel drive and that's why people like them um and it makes sense i love watching eight scale yeah me too it's i i just think about i mean i'm getting pictures from ronnie at from the jbrl and i think man like I, I want to watch these guys this weekend. I mean, is anybody going to r- run a live camera? You know, it's because it is a blast to watch. I love racing two wheel buggy. That's my favorite class, but going to watch a good nitro race is definitely very neat. It's, yeah. I love, I love the strategy. You have to, you have to drive to me. You have to drive a two wheel buggy to appreciate the guys that are really good at it. And like you watch Spencer Rivkin win the world's at, at had uh, a, Um, Hootie arena and i think on video or on video or being there it's not that impressive unless you know what it feels like to drive the car eight scales to me it seems like they're more impressive and you don't have to have a a lot of familiarity with how it works so
0: drivers are too much pre-madonnas today been running outdoor loose tracks but it's but it's not set up for most racers cars in the area it's calling you out jason yes yeah he called you a prima donna
1: oh no i don't think he is i have to get a picture of what i think is the ideal track condition it's not as dirty and loamy as people say think well just how like about some say bring,
0: uh ruts that would be nice you people
1: know? say bring back real dirt and all this type of stuff which is fine but there is a look there's a certain look to the track that it has when it has the traction it has drivability it you have dirt on your tires and the cars work well and and it's not really dirty there's a there is a happy spot and the, the track looks a certain way when it's like that and um i'll bring up some pictures i'll find my, my uh what is it? What is it called when um, the uh, the just right the um, the three bears thing? Um, there's a just right track condition that uh, that kind of has the checks off all the boxes. I'm racing on dirt. Check. Yeah. Uh, I got a little dirt on my car. Check. I got pin tires. Check. Like cars good to drive, but not you, not just wide open everywhere. Check. You know, like you can checks all the boxes.
0: Yeah, John. I know you weren't calling Jason. I was just kidding around. Jason. <laughs> Robert says Jason's got skills to make the mills.
1: What did I say? Um, the skills are diminishing, though. uh Oh, age. When you don't. This when is a question I them, asked
0: you guys a
1: long time ago on the pod. Sharp. When you don't keep them sharp, it's hard to pull that out of your pocket. Okay. Um, I don't know. We'll see what we can do. We've got a race this weekend, I guess.
0: John Hobby Haven. I don't know, man. I just love that track. You got the hobby shop, the store right there, and then you can look out and the track is right there.
1: It just that's looks kind of the yeah, cozy. that's like the uh, the quintessential track and hobby shop, Yeah, right? it's awesome. You I can love see it. both at the same time.
0: Absolutely. Man, if I had that in my area, I'd be racing. Smashing into the barriers and stuff like that. Uh, Chris Pace, Savannah, Georgia, back in the day. Step pins and car was clean.
1: Yeah, he's he's got it about right. I mean, that was one of the conditions where I remember driving uh, in Savannah, Georgia. And I remember when the track was really, really good there. And I remember shaking cause I was trying to drive the car so hard, you know, just getting into the turns, trying to get through the turns. And like, I wasn't shaking cause I was nervous. I was shaking because I'm like trying to make the car go faster. Cause it has so much, uh, you had a lot of control, a lot of drivability and you're like, I need to push this thing even more. And that's how Savannah was back then. Um, that was a place we would go to and, we just loved it. There's actually a race coming up there, and, and uh, if it's open, Paul and I might go to a race there.
0: The more you race, the skills stay fresh. But I'm wondering, yeah, though, as you age, will it matter? Like, if you raced every day, and say you're 50, you, th- you, think, you think you'd think you be competing with these young kids?
1: I, I just don't know. I mean, you're the, almost there, in, right?
0: What, what are you now, 49?
1: No 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 no! no, no, no.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to make you older than you are.
1: <laughs> <So> Forty three. <laughs> ah, you suck. Uh, I don't know. It it's it, it's unproven. The people that are going to show us is Mayfield, Cavalry, and Tebow. They're going to show us um, how. Long and how far you can take it uh, because uh, they're th- um, they're they're all thirty three years old i'm forty three and they are going to show us how long you can do this and they're already doing it longer than I thought I, they're already re- they're already it, more competitive and better than I thought that they would be at at that age.
0: John says he's think, fifty-five and it matters. John's out there trying his best. See, he's doing you know, what he can um, do. He's trying to stay on top of his game, but he realizes he's fifty-five.
1: It's also an excuse, right? <laughs> I'm busting to John. It's also a really good oh, excuse, oh. and I think. Um, I don't know. I about think that. I think sometimes people will use it as an excuse, and it's hard not to. You know, um, I've said it to Lee, Lee and guys that we race with, you know, I using as an excuse and I will say this, um, um, Rick, Rick Howard is an amazing driver still for his, for his age. Uh, Paul, obviously he's doing well too. Paul's not as old as Rick is, but, um, Rick Howard with a touring car is still a badass, and, um, I think he's well into his fifties and there is a certain, there is a certain amount. I'll compare this to if you have had the skill and you've had the talent you have, if you have it, I think you can carry it on for quite a while. Um, And it's like, when grant hill was in the nba i kind of think about this where when he came in to the nba and he was just out of college he was it was young and he was like almost averaging a triple double he was like a really great player and he had all these special skills and talents he had it right he had the ability to be um you know he had the ability to be just amazing and then he got hurt. He went to Orlando. He got this problem with his ankle, and his foot, and it was. Just, he, what did he have? Like six surgeries or something on it? Yeah, I think he so. Lo- yeah. He lost his ho- the whole prime of his career yep. to these er- injuries. He ended up barely playing for Orlando, and he got traded to Phoenix. And then he was a he was a really good, solid player, but he lost the whole prime of his career. He 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 lost the whole prime of his career to this injury, but what I was noticing is he still had something that the other guys did not. He was still a very good player and he was almost, you know he was playing into his late was it late thirties i think it was his late thirties yeah he still had something that other people did not, and he was keeping him in the game because I think he had more than most people do to begin with so if you have more than most people do to begin with i think you can extend it longer and that might be what we're seeing with uh some people and like the mayfields and all these guys i mean these guys are going to be fast when they're 50 years old uh, i mean you watch richard Saxon race he's still awesome uh i mean he 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 rips on himself and says, I'm going to go run the old fart class. But you go watch him drive and you're like, he's getting around pretty good. Uh, You know, he's not as fast as some of these other guys. Um, So.
0: Uh, Sturge Hill, track time is important. That being said, my trigger finger isn't as fast as Dustin Evans, given the same track time. 49 things just move slower. Okay.
1: But that's what I always kind of wonder too, is it's like, so you got this part, Right you know, you pull the trigger and then you got your steering. Right. So like how much faster can you go like than this? You know what I mean? Like, is, is it like, can you actually, is like Dustin Evans, like, can he do this faster? I don't think so. It's the whole eye. Yeah. There's a coordination part of it. There is like a, um, there is a, there is something about the coordination between, you know, the steering throttle in watching what you're doing, there is a correlation there, and um, and it's it's turning, it's doing it at the right time, right? It's the timing of it. So uh, it's hard to figure out. I've never really. I can tell you what. To be honest, when I drive when I drive a car, I drive an RC car now. I'm actually there's times when I I kind of it's been a long time since I've driven or something and I'll go up and I'll, I'll start driving and I'll be like, do I remember how to do this? And I'll get, and I'll start driving and I'm like, Oh, I'm better at this than I thought I would be. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's interesting. It, it's, it's hard. Fast twitch muscle fibers. This I've talked about this. You know what he's you. saying is um, I watched on YouTube one day uh, and there is, there is, I, I, there obviously there is a, uh, a time, but the the thing I was watching on YouTube was it was an, uh, a basketball game with like retired players or guys that were, Dr. J was in it anyway. It was in Rutger park in New York okay. and Dr. J in this video there. really
0: on the video game. Yeah. Oh, okay. NBA.
1: So Dr. J in this video, um, he's old. Like he's like for a basketball player. He's like in his late fifties. It looks like in this video <laughs> and he's still very good. Like he's, you know, he's still got all the, the, the big hand stuff where he can do whatever he wants with the ball. He can make a shot. He's inside. He's still like taller than everybody. But, but what like Rob's talking about, you could see when he's running and trying to do like a move, it's not just like a no brainer anymore. Like, there's, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he's like, you know, there's almost like a little bit more of a checklist in yeah, terms of, it looks okay, like he's
0: thinking about it as he's running. Yeah.
1: Like he's like, all right, I'm going to go ahead and make left, my move. And right. Yeah.
0: Left. I'm going right. to do this.
1: I'm going to make the move. <laughs> and, whereas when you watch the highlights of these guys in their prime, there is, is just, it's just an action nonstop, but he still has a lot of the gifts and things that, and you could see he was still the best player on the court. Um, with everybody else but yeah it was it was it's cool but i know exactly what he's what he's saying
0: and i, I talked to you about this what if you took an athlete you know where i'm going right mm-hmm. so you draft him let's say you, you know you draft him to the lakers let's just say and you just put him on the shelf for 10 years
1: so you drafted him when he was 20 i drafted him when he's 20 he, and i introduced and him when he's thirty. Free. yeah Will I, huh? He's not going to be as good.
0: I know. You don't think like if you, you, um, you know, you're saving all that mileage on the legs. You don't think if you just put them on the shelf for 10 years and you, you know, obviously you got to train and stuff still and keep yourself in shape but you're avoiding all, you know, 10 years worth of games running up and down the court. Don't you think that if you come in at your 30, you could you could maybe play into your 50s then?
1: What I think, yeah, <laughs> it might move the window a little bit. It might move the window because now you're not going to maybe.
0: But you still think that everything deteriorate. Obviously, your eye and hand coordination will probably deteriorate with age no matter what, I guess. Mm-hmm. But don't you think you'll still have legs in your 50s then?
1: I don't know. I, I don't, I, I would Man, think that Lakers you're not, going, that. I think you're not going to be as good. We should the try. The problem it. is, well, the, the, you know, the issue is, is you don't know how good the guy is to begin with. Well, let's say like I'm drafting him.
0: I already know he's, he's, he's awesome. You know, I'm drafting but, a Kobe Bryant. But he
1: never, but he never played in the game, in the NBA. Right. So what you need yeah. is you need, you you need a, yeah, you, you need like a couple years in the NBA to get that uh, to, to get something to go by. And then it's like, boom, you go in the cryogenic chamber, right? <laughs> right. For Put them in the years. chamber for 10 years. And then you bring them back out and say, okay, let's see what you got. And I think there is some preserving because you're not going to have the wear and tear, um, you know, it, but it's like, you hear about these guys that get injured at home. Oh, I tripped over my step and I'm out for six months, you know, like, so you could still get injured, uh, not playing. It's, I, I do think you would lose something, Yeah. but what, what might not be as noticeable is maybe the wear and tear.
0: Yeah. I've had this discussion with Jason in our group chat, just, Remember, I was just off the wall yeah. question, and we got into a big discussion about it. And uh, it's funny it's, it's being brought up today. So, um, Ryan says, don't forget about Gene Heckerson, uh in his forties and still giving the young, fast regional guys a tough time. You'd love to see that. The yeah, guys in their forties giving that's these not young really
1: ones, true, actually. huh? That's not really true.
0: Uh oh, he, he races the
1: over forty class. And he beats the other guys in the over forty class, but so his
0: times race. are comparable to the young ones. You're saying, no, oh, it's not.
1: He's a good driver, and he's in his forties, but he, he's but he's racing the over forty class. To me, when you compare him um, against the fastest guys in the other class, he's not really comparable. But um, why
0: why do guys race the over forty class? Why not, why not just stick with the young guys?
1: Do we want to go into this now? Uh,
0: all right, I guess not. Take 30.
1: No, I mean, no, it's... <laughs> no, I know exactly what Ryan's saying. I, I uh-huh. think... But he has always been a good driver. Gene has always been a good driver and a good racer. But I think... His actual speed just isn't with the Lees and the Julians. And... um, uh, I'm forgetting a couple of the other kids, but... He, he's not as fast as those guys. But isn't the 40 over 40
0: class just like, why have it just have everybody race as one? <laughs> no,
1: I, I know what you mean. I know what you're saying. <laughs> what, what it is, is it just, it's another opportunity to win and okay. people like racing in things that they have a chance to win. And, um, there's a over 40 e-buggy class. There's an, um, uh, there's a over 40 nitro buggy class and people love racing those classes and they start developing like these rivalries and, oh, that's what i seen in the force races is, is I start seeing these, I start seeing the rivalries, um, kind of between the guys that are in that class. So like at our races, we got like the Dave Duncans, Carl Debo, Kari Brown, you know, Eugene races, Nitro and, um, and some of the others. And they start to get a rivalry with each other. And now it becomes like a little circle of, of their own group of racers. And I think that it gives them hope and energy and a, and a purpose to go to the next race and try to beat and do well in that class again. And it is a different way to look at it. But if you grouped them all together and you put, and you just said, oh, there's only going to be nitro buggy and however you want to break it down. um, I think these guys wouldn't be as happy in the, you know on a state level being in the bottom of the B main or the top of the C main, like I don't think, or, or whatever the breakdown is, I don't think you would be as happy now. Um, you would be racing the same guys, that's what's ironic about it. It's just the, the letter of the main is different, so it, it's it's just a mentality. It's just I'm winning something kind of mentality. And you know, I've raced over 40, 40 classes, I've raced RC monster trucks, I've done some dirt oval over 40 Um, I've raced all the different classes and it is fun to be more competitive in your class because you don't feel like you're I don't know a loser I guess (laughs) I I don't know it's there is something about it it makes you feel a little bit more competitive like I'm racing for something
0: so um Kyle that- mentions he's pushing for a 50 plus class. So we don't have a 50 plus class, right? Why is it no. why is it just 40? What about the guys that are 50? What happens to them?
1: They're racing 40 plus right now. I I it it's, it is a mess. You could have a 50 plus class and people would race it. <laughs> and then there would be like, "Well, I'm 49, <clears throat> and I race 50 class?" And it'd be like, "Nope, not yet."
0: Yeah. Well, I will say this. Uh, when I played Call of Duty back in back in the day, I, w- I was good at it, right? Now, you know, I was in there ranking up there pretty good. I was in the top... You know, I was up there, top five. Sometimes finished first or whatever. I would trash talk, do all that stuff. And then uh, I would say late 30s, I started noticing I was going lower and lower, you know, down the ranks and doing bad in the games. And now... If I log on and play multiplayer. Um, yeah. The twelve year olds are telling me off. So they're destroying me and telling me what they did to my mom last night. But anyway, I understand completely. I did the same thing. So, but that's yeah. the thing. Like I've noticed, like I was blaming it and you, you can ask Harry this. I was I went out and bought a new T V because I was saying, Oh, my TV's too old. I got some input lag there. So I went and bought a better TV. And then I'm like, uh, well, maybe I need a controller so that's not Bluetooth. So that but it,
1: Substitute that for different car kit or radio, and that would be an RC. Right. So I was trying to f-
0: blame everything else. And then I had to accept the fact, you know, well, Carrie was just like, you're getting old, face it. <laughs> but I was like, well, maybe my Bluetooth controller should be, I should get one of those competition controllers where you plug it in remember me and Kirby bought those and uh you know it, guys were saying oh don't use bluetooth because there's a little bit of lag so just make sure you use uh, input plug it in usb port tried that's that still that's getting
1: killed. yeah that's the setup
0: so you gotta do go. anyway
1: one thing that it also you have to do is it has to mean everything to you the second that you accept, um, uh, the second <laughs> that you start accepting something other than what you're accustomed to, you're already slipping, you're slipping down a notch because you're starting to accept something that's less than what you're capable of, or you think that you're capable of. And it, it, this is, it's, this is a whole, um, it's a whole thing. It's as a whole conversation into itself is how to um, not use it as an excuse or think that you know that it is becoming a disadvantage and how do you fight that you know I I don't know because the second something happens and um, yeah it, it's hard it's hard to fight it and I know when I was. 16, 17, 18, whatever, 20. Um, I guess you also feel when you're in that zone, there is no excuses. You're like, well, I can't say that I'm too young. Um, I had somebody tell me that we were at the regionals a few years back. They're like, um, we were racing at Coral Springs. and um, I I won uh, two-wheel drive or whatever the class was we were racing, and the guy said, well, you know, my son just didn't have the experience that you guys have. You know, he's just too young. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I won my first regionals when I was his age. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, So uh, it's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, no, I, I I, it, it's it's like, so you're using the excuse that he's too young to win. I'm using the excuse that I'm too old. <laughs> so how many excuses can we have? <laughs> right? Like, right just is one big excuse. Yeah. So at some point,
0: um, it's like me trying to blame everything, the equipment.
1: Mm-hmm. There can only be so many excuses. At some point you just have to either got it or you don't. And um, yeah, Justin, he's just, yeah, he's, he's right. Um, there's obviously a point to where, I think that meaning, meaning everything to you is a big part of it. And I remember when I was, um, you know, when you're younger and you're more focused on these goals, it does mean everything to you and it's crushing when it doesn't come, doesn't go your way. And now you, the older you get, you can find excuses why you can let things roll off of you. Um, you can let these things kind of go, go past and say, all right, well, you know, you know, I'm getting older and I haven't been doing this or I haven't, I wasn't ready. And You can make all these, these things and you can justify it. And by Monday morning, you're, you're okay again. Where it was like, I remember being, you know, between 16 and 20 and it's like, you know, by Monday, I'm not over it. Tuesday, I'm not over it. Wednesday, I'm not over it. There's, you know, it's like taking days and weeks and then, you know, you, you still think back about it and you're like, I'm still not over this. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not ever getting over this. people say that you just got to get over it. No,
0: no, no, I won't.
1: No, you don't understand. I'm not getting over it. It's just, I'm just, I'm forgetting about it temporarily. That's really what happens and then somebody brings it up and you're like, you know what?
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll switch topics there on the whole age thing. Um, Kyle, Predmore, any chance spring INS will be rescheduled or are we just going to wait for next year?
1: At the moment, um, I think it's going to be canceled, personally. I don't think there's going to be a way to put it all in to get it all in into the into the schedule. We'll see, we'll see what Scott says, uh if he has some definite ideas or plans of when we could do it, then we'll consider it because it's a good stop. So, but I mean man, the further we get away from these, I mean that was supposed to be in April or early May, something like that. So,
0: Um, well, we have some more people chime in about the 40.
1: The other thing I will say about RC racing is our crowd is getting older too. Um, so it's like whatever that you know, you talk about your demographic, whatever that window is, ours is going toward the older demographic, and um, you know, there is kids and younger people that do it, but the reason these other classes are successful is because a lot of our racers are older. A lot of our racers are 40 plus years old. That's what this appeals to. And that's, who can pay for it are people that are, are the, the age uh, in that age range. So that's why these classes are, are fun.
0: Uh, Drew says, I have my best results the past several years. Now that I'm running over 40 class and having a blast, I stopped. I stopped. Taking it so serious and just went out to have fun. Results have been awesome. There you go.
1: 40 class. I mean, um, where we were just at, I think we went over this about talking about the Nitro Challenge, but well, I got to set my alarm for tomorrow because...
0: 1 p.m. alarm time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I set it for 6.45 a.m. So, yeah, we ran the Nitro Challenge, and I want to say that the most amount of entries were coming from the 40-plus classes. And we're going to do the PMB next weekend, and I won't be surprised that they'll be some of the biggest classes are in the over 40 because that's our demographic Lordy, 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 look who's 40.
0: Justin says just move all INS to next year.
1: It could happen. So what else we got? I went through my list. I -hmm. got my list. I went through. We got into some... uh, Lordy,
0: lordy, lordy. Don't forget, folks, to send in your suggestions for our football podcast. Spencer Rifkin and I, during the season, be doing the uh, – it's not going to just be Patriots. Mostly Patriots, but then we're going to throw in, give you our predictions and stuff for We'll different.
1: be discussing all teams.
0: Maybe we'll give something away if we use your suggestions. So just send them in to us. Message me on Facebook. Radioimpound at gmail.com. I need a name for the show. Kyle says you need uh you need a younger crowd coming up or it will be all 40 plus. Right. Well that's we got the we got the young kids coming up.
1: We have young
0: kids, yeah.
1: um, but there's not as many of them. Yep. That's for
0: sure. Uh, Ron asks, whatever happened to Jason's monster truck? I'm assuming he's talking about I
1: sold it to Fred Reap who has it in Missouri being restored, which, so Fred works here with us at J concepts and friend of mine. And, um, so it's kind of, I'll say still in the family, I guess you could say, but, uh, I do have in the office here. Let's see if I can see it. You can see it. See right here. Right. How do I do this? <laughs> right here, right Up here,
0: there? right here. Right there. Yeah,
1: that's the title. Oh, there's the title. So that's the title for Bigfoot Four, is in a frame on the wall. So, but uh, when
0: so what's Fred at the Wrestle You for or what? Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: We're having a pay per view title.
0: A title on the pole match.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so when, the, so, um. Yeah, yeah John. John,
0: get, this is what Jason's waiting for. Yeah.
1: Buy it back. <laughs> it's like, Hey, I'll, I'll give you another 5,000. Uh, <laughs> this is no small project. Uh, I'm glad I don't have it anymore. Cause it's just way over my head or way over my effort level.
0: <clears throat> uh, Kyle says, uh, bring back the club kits like the B six and the B six D club racers.
1: I think the problem with that is it wasn't successful. They didn't sell because if you're a racer, I don't know, this is a whole, it's another conversation again, but Paul and I talked about this when they came out with those cars and people aren't going in to buy that stuff. If you're going to buy a race car, I think you go in to buy the best race car. Right? So, um, yeah. I
0: just remember, like, I just wanted the best, whatever I can get.
1: Yeah. Like, I didn't want
0: to buy the ready-to-run kit for sure. I was just like, man, I don't want that. I want, you know, I want this. I want the best of the best.
1: And it feels like a competition
0: at the race when you show up. You need to have the top, top shit. The
1: top dog.
0: Yeah. I think that's the problem, though. The mentality is I need to have the top stuff to race. Mm-hmm. I know that's... Well,
1: you look at you look at the way everybody approaches things, <clears> and you know, Kirby sends me, or sends us, the links to the mountain bikes he wants, and stuff like that. And he's not looking for the RTR mountain bike. He's not looking for the one that's like, oh, this is a good budget mountain bike. They want the best. People want the best that's in their budget. And I think... Um, I think that's just human nature uh, you buy something online i went to the i was somewhere the other day and i'm like oh um we were allison and i went to this place in orlando called is it shooters world i think it's called shooters world and you're looking looking at guns right oh yeah you were sending photos yeah we yeah. were at this place called shooters World. it's a am- this place is amazing here anyway it just the level of participation they get Uh, it's it's what people think when they open an indoor rc track what it's going to be like just people going in and out in and out with all their equipment buying stuff constantly there's a 50 foot you know 50 yard range 25 yard range 100 grand I mean, there's people everywhere in a pandemic with masks on buying stuff and just just everywhere people are everywhere buying stuff and i'm just like man this is insane how popular this is and there's food courts in there and uh, everything. Anyway, so I'm you know, i in there looking at this stuff, and I'm thinking, okay, what's the best? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't – right.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm just like looking at the cabinets. Oh, here's the Glocks. Here's the this, and here's the that. And I'm just looking at – you're looking at the, the the thing. You're looking at the price, and you're just like, hey, well, this one's 600 bucks. Oh, well, this one's 1900 Well, what's the difference between this one? It's like, oh, this one must – you know, so
0: – Yeah, that's how I am.
1: It's tough. And it's tough to, it's tough to not want something that's cool. I mean, to me, it's Kirby sent me a link the other day to a mountain bike. And I'm just like, I want this thing. I don't even want to ride a mountain bike, but I just want this bike because it looks so cool. (laughs) And um, so, you know, you go buy a car, you know, you buy a probably buy the best car you can in your budget or whatever the case may be. And if it was unlimited, what are you going to get? You're going to get
0: the limited version. Yeah. The top oh. of the line. The, uh, what was the Ford Explorer back in the day? Eddie Bauer. Eddie Bauer. Yep. Eddie Bauer. You're going to get the Eddie Bauer edition.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, wow, God, he's got the Eddie Bauer. Yeah.
0: Kirby's brother had the Eddie Bauer edition. We used to drive that to lunch every day at Trinity.
1: That was the lunch wagon?
0: That was the lunch wagon, the Eddie Bauer. Ford Explorer. And then uh and then Dieter would show up once in a while with that van. Remember the van back in the day? Trinity van with the, the Trinity van, yep. Yep.
1: Check out this brush motor here.
0: Ah it's beautiful. I love that.
1: Yeah, we got the brushes out.
0: Oh man. Got a little tear in my eye. Beautiful.
1: Whoa! Brush is tight in here. This could have been affecting my performance.
0: Uh oh. I don't like that. Holy cow! What? Uh, what do you have that in?
1: We got a monster truck class called sport, sport mod, and is this is what they would call you could get a hung brush. Wow, that thing, it's not coming out of there. I got to get serious. <laughs> Whew. What's ironic is I was just writing some instructions the other day. About this.
0: John says, uh, I have a four hundred dollar rod and reel to go fishing. God damn, four hundred bucks. <laughs> wow. See? <laughs> it's carbon fiber? What's the deal?
1: Yeah, it's just it's just it's got, everybody It's got is, awesome
0: ball bearings it, in the reel.
1: It's all ball bearings.
0: Ceramic bearings.
1: It's all ball bearings today.
0: So when you buy a car kit today, you, you just throw away the bearings, right? and just get new ones. No. No.
1: I use the bearings that come with my B6.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: There's some people that buy uh, you know ceramics and stuff, but because I think that's going to help them with stock racing, but I don't I don't know. Mm. Maybe it does.
0: Uh Justin says, "Jason, what have you seen Mayfield do with 8 scale that is unique and others don't do besides His driving.
1: (laughs) Uh, What does he do with his eight scale besides the driving?
0: Justin's trying to get some secrets here.
1: I don't know. I'll keep thinking. All right. What does he do? Kyle Boxstock
0: slash needs a resurgence.
1: It would be nice if it did. It was strong in 2012. RC was really racing. RC racing was really popping.
0: I have a new, never ran P two K two brush stock. Wow, that's awesome.
1: I'm really upset that this brush was so bound up in here. <laughs> that's really, that's not good.
0: P two K motor baby burns a quarter ounce of sage and whispers sweet nothings.
1: I I still can't think of what Mayfield does really all that different he doesn't really do a lot different Um, it's just hard to it's really sometimes it's just hard to describe that
0: it is mostly driving Uh,
1: it's, it's a lot Does a lot it's the tires i mean i'm sure he has his you know the way he builds some of his diffs and stuff like that but i mean i've i've seen him drive all these cars and um you can get away with a lot if you're a wheel you can get away with a lot I think I did this story before.
0: Um, yeah, we worked. did earlier, Kyle.
1: I told told the story before, but at the 2005 Worlds, it was the first Worlds that Mayfield ever went to, and he put um, he put his cars in my room after after the mains because I forget what they were going to go do, but they they went somewhere and they needed the cars to bring down to um the uh what's the thing afterwards? The banquet, sorry. So he needed the cars for the banquet, but they were gonna go do something. So he's like, hey, can you bring my cars to the banquet when you come down there? Uh because we're gonna go, okay, that's fine. So I'll bring these cars to the banquet. So I'm looking at his cars in my room. And you know, obviously we spent a whole couple weeks with him at the race, but I mean, the cars are straight off the track and you're looking at the car and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, you're looking at the rear camber and you're like, well, it's like the camber not the same on both sides. The toe in's not perfect on here in the, in the front. Um, the car was not perfect at all. Like, and you just, he just took it off the track where he was just killing it. And And a lot of that stuff just sticks out of my mind that if you can, if you're a wheel and you, um, you can wheel it. And, but, you know, he's been, over the years, he's gotten to be a, a, even more, a better wrench with his cars. And it's helped, you know, him get better because he's more particular, but, uh, I'm sure he has a you know his own methods for building his diffs and his shocks and stuff like that but when I've been at the races it doesn't look any any different than anybody else's um or feel that much different than anybody else's I think what he's probably the best at is adapting to what's happening with the track on the fly so that's a big thing when you're racing any of these cars is you can only get a couple warm up laps you only get a couple warm-up laps to really get a feel for what the track is like now when you're on it, and I think he always does a good job of adjusting on the fly to what's going on, and that's probably one of the things that he's the best at. Is you give him two or three warm-up laps, he he understands what he can and can't do if the track changed, and I think that's something that he's has always been really really good at, and uh, and I don't know if that's that's not necessarily even just your talent that is just something that um to me it's just understanding that things change and you have to adapt and i think that's probably what he's he's probably probably the best at to me is just getting the car out there and getting the most out of a couple warm up laps <laughs>
0: Nice, Kyle. Thank you. It's the other way around.
1: Yeah. I think one of the things, too, is he's good at living and dying with a a decision that he will make. So uh, a lot of people are looking around trying to find what that magical setup is from somebody else, but... I think there's something to be said for having your mind made up that you're going to make a change and you stick with it and you, and you go with it and you don't wait for somebody else to do it for you. So like, if you think this is going to be better and in your mind, you think it's going to be better, you do it and you live with that result. And, uh, I think that that's been something that he's, that he's good at.
0: All right, guys. That was uh, that was that was good. Got a lot of questions. Um, pretty cool doing this live and um, interacting with everybody. Enjoy it. That was uh, episode two hundred and fifteen. Two hundred and fifteen. Still climbing. Still doing what we do. Uh, somebody asked me the other day how long. I said eight years. It was eight years in April. So still doing it, bro. What was that stat that we saw the other day? 75% of the podcasters quit before they get to episode 50.
1: 75%. 75%. Right before they get to episode 50.
0: God damn.
1: You're in a very small percentile probably. Well, yeah. you're in the 25 percentile. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. It's amazing. But, uh, yeah. So, again, we did a live video yesterday. If you missed it, uh Spencer. The road to 300. Absolutely. We're not going to start that though right now. It's a little early. We get excited around 270. Yeah. Um, I don't even know where I was at. That's it. 215. What are you going to add to it, Jason? What are you doing this weekend anyway? What's going on?
1: Going to the Super Cup Championship Series in Coral Springs.
0: That's right. Leaving tomorrow. Yeah. Set that alarm yeah. early. Six forty-five. Get up.
1: Yeah, Paul's already texting me. He's like, "Dude, yeah, I'll pick you up." I'm just like, "Oh man, <laughs> that early." <laughs> but you know, the good thing is, you get early. Maybe I'll get a coffee tomorrow. You still doing
0: the uh, Starbucks? The uh, yeah, minty very whatever. What do you call it? Very berry.
1: Maybe I'll get a latte tomorrow. Okay. What is it? Vanilla latte. That's what I was getting at in Slovakia. You'd make it in there, in the push the button latte. Right. As
0: I don't know all those fancy names. Like, uh, first of all, they wouldn't even allow me in Starbucks since they see me. So I'm a Dunkin' Donuts guy. You know, it's just it's simple. Now you go to Starbucks and it's like you got this. Uh, I don't even know how to order. I don't even know how to order from Starbucks. I have to have Carrie do it for me because uh, you got that like the grande. Is that is that a large?
1: It's grande, venti. Well, actually, it's tall, like, grande, venti, and trenta. That's the size. Oh my
0: god! And that's just a co Is that a regular coffee?
1: And any any drink size, it doesn't matter what you get. Those are the the way the sizes are classified.
0: Hmm. Guys in the chat, Dunkin' or Starbucks? <laughs> yeah, Starbucks just too too fancy for me
1: you know honestly most people tell me they really preferred duncan's coffee i've heard a lot of people tell me that yeah and i think it's cheaper too starbucks is
0: probably crap but it's just a whole status symbol thing you know he yeah, carried a starbucks cup around he looked cool i guess right i guess <laughs> jason goes for the taste not for the uh
1: i do taste. i just get that yeah. one drink I, right. I was in the drive the other day guys like do you just get this drink Oh, look at this. We got
0: Ben Warner, Duncan.
1: Maybe tomorrow. It'll be so early. I'll be like, all right, I'll get a coffee and we'll get some Chick-fil-A. Those like chicken minis.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not a, you know what? I'm not a fan of Chick-fil-A. I'll say it. There you go. What's the matter? (laughs) Is there anybody else out there with me? Like I, I, I've had chick It's not bad, but it's nothing like I've, I've been there and I'm like.
1: That's T-Tran. He's, he's just like, it's just a chicken sandwich Deal, which it is, but yeah, it's yeah. I'm like, food. what is so great about this? Just fast food, though. It is just fast food, though. I, I love Chick fil A. There'll be a day I'll be, I'll wake up and I'll just like, I'm not gonna have Chick fil what,
0: A. While. What's so special here? We got Justin saying I'm crazy in the chat. Uh, what's so special about Chick fil A? Like, I could that's just
1: there's something about the nuggets, the way they taste. I think they're just amazing. <sighs>
0: He's saying, uh, "Yeah, Justin, you're not missing anything." All right, uh, Justin Doyle got it.
1: What's that? The waffle fries no, are good.
0: Too. I don't like them at all. They're horrible. All wow. right, uh, yeah, I don't know. They're just nothing special.
1: There's nothing like special. Them. We'll be we'll be there in the morning. We'll get the little breakfast minis. They have those things are killer. They could just sell the biscuits. Have you ever had those? No. Good.
0: Justin says, I got to get the Chick-fil-A sauce. Yeah. So you got to drown it in sauce to make it taste good. Got you.
1: I don't use any of the sauce. Mm
0: -hmm. Look at this. It's not special. I'm with Gotti. There you go, Billy. He's a good friend of mine. (laughs) (laughs) I like you, Billy.
1: We agree. Yeah.
0: All right. uh, Wow, we still got... Uh, piss! They took away the breakfast bagel up here. Oh wow! So they took away the breakfast bagel at Chick Fil A. Up there, wherever he's at, North Carolina. Is is that what you said you were going to get t- tomorrow?
1: No, chicken. the The chicken minis.
0: Chicken minis.
1: I think they're called chicken minis. All right. Uh, they're they they basically have like a little roll. It's A little roll, and then um, the good ice.
0: The good ice. What's what's the good ice? Tell me.
1: The little pebbles.
0: The little pebbles. Okay, I will agree on that one. Okay.
1: The good ice. The, I love it.
0: The good ice.
1: I mean, it, the fact that we all see that Goody Gotti would love the chicken mini sea.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, what the. To-
1: the the sauce that I do like, and we'll that try I got that. There, I have had the sauce. The guys got me kind of going on the, what is it called roasted honey barbecue? That's pretty good. Hmm. Okay. And uh, and the good ice.
0: We're not getting any votes here for Starbucks. Just so you know, Dunkin's winning by a landslide. Yeah, I mean, three votes.
1: <laughs> I, I just go there. I just go there for that one drink. That's the only thing. I mean, if I'm sure if I was gonna get coffee, I probably, I would probably go to Dunkin' too. But I just get that one drink. So
0: I avoid places that look too fancy. I tried the one in Target. You know, I was in Target, which that too is like I should be at Walmart. But I was at Target, and uh, they had a Starbucks in there. And that's where I tried that drink that you told me to. Okay. Or the uh, very berry.
1: That's
0: it. Yeah. The little seeds like nearly cracked, every, you know, my teeth, or they get stuck in between them. You got to floss then. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, well, folks, you're a, yeah, you're, huh?
1: You're a big flosser. So. A big
0: flosser. I'm at the dentist every two weeks. All right, guys, that was two fifteen. Appreciate everybody uh, joining in on every the. Wow, well, I used to when I had my Invisaligns. I had okay. to go. I had to go every two weeks for my uh, tray, my new tray. Hmm. So get tightened up. But anytime Jason asks me like anything, I'm like I'm at the dentist, so it's it's like a running yeah. joke that we have. Like yeah. I'm always there. So
1: and my dentist thinks I'm always in Japan.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> and he's like, Jason, do you floss? And Jason's like, Oh yeah, I do. And there's blood all over his face. And I floss all the time.
1: So that's, that's the sign. Is if you if you're bleeding when they floss, that means you don't.
0: Right. Right. If, okay. it, if your gums are bleeding, that means you don't floss. They know. They know. They know, like, they know you're lying. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. We will catch you on 216.